Do you take two dabs and tell me you don't like butter? All right. Welcome back once again to the Organic Football Podcast. And we are back. Uh, you know, we are recording this episode 13. It is Sunday, August 16th, and we are giving everybody the most up-to-date info and different fantasy nuggets that we have for you guys. And today's episode, you know, we're going to go hit the news and notes. Of course, in the middle, we'll take a little time with the herbal intermission, as we do. And then in the back half, we're going to have a little lively discussion, uh, because we got a special guest in the house this week. But we'll get to that. First thing, Rich, buddy, I'm going to send it over to you real quick. If you could tell everybody what's going on on social media these days, we got a couple different uh, ways for the fans to interact with us. So let's tell everybody where to find us, man. Yeah, man. Uh, glad to be back. Ready to have a good chat tonight. Special guest should be good. So having a lot of fun, uh, smoking the weed, feeling good, talking the fantasy. But um, yeah, we've got ourselves some, all of our socials on Instagram, Facebook. Look us up, Organic Football Podcast. Besides that, come and listen to us. Give us a listen. Apple Podcast, search us up. Stitcher, Spotify now. And I believe TuneIn gave us our clearance too. So we're, we're starting to get all of our clearances. We'll be out there on all the platforms coming up soon. So give us a like, a follow, subscribe. We'd really appreciate it, man. Yeah, and the uh, community spread is high with the Organic Football Podcast. We're hitting all the branches. So <laughs> I'm going to send it over to you real quick, Bradley. What's up, man? It's good to see your face. Uh, how's your week going, big dog? Oh, it's going pretty good, man. Just went up to Flagstaff yesterday and uh, enjoyed the weather. So ready to talk some fantasy football, get down to the grind. Well, hell yeah, man. And, uh, you know, let's not bury the lead. We do have a special guest in the house. I thought I was the special guest. Brad's always the special guest. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We have a special, special guest. (laughs) Oh, I see. Yeah. So uh, Jay is in the house. He is our two-time reigning champ. He's joining us for this episode. And... Uh, we're glad to have him here. Jay, what's going on, buddy? Not too much. Two-time champion, three-time champion out of the 10 years. I think, I mean, all-time point getter in the league for sure. I mean, I haven't done the math, but I can only assume. Uh, oh, yep. I don't know about that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be close. It's been a pleasure to be here. Pretty excited about it. I like, uh, I like all aspects of talking football, watching football. I like it. Well, hell yeah, man. You know, I see you brought your uh, trophy with you, Jay. It is yours, at least for the remainder of this calendar year. So, uh, you know, I'm glad it's on display. And that's a nice-looking trophy, man, I got to tell you. Brad, your thoughts on the trophy, bro? It's gorgeous. Can't wait to get it in my house next year. <sighs> yeah, there is, like, some noticeable things on this trophy. Uh, <laughs> like, if you just look, like, I just happen to see, like, truffle shuffle. <laughs> Yeah. Shuffle, shuffle. Hey, your name is featured three times. You are a three-time champ. That is the most in our league's history. Literally uh, the only person on this whole side. <laughs> uh, I'm glad. And, you know, we'll actually post a picture of the trophy on social media because, yeah, I mean, obviously uh, Truffle Shuffle's taking up a little bit too much real estate in everybody's opinion, but it's still a nice trophy, so the fans might want to, you know, check it out, so. But it's good to have you here, Jay. And, yeah, we're just going to run through some news and notes real quick uh, before we hit the intermission. So, guys, I did see this come down the pipeline, you know, quality tight ends, the top two tight ends in fantasy football this year. 
both signed big contracts, big extensions within a couple hours of each other. So, Rich, I'll send it over to you first, man. Your thoughts on Kittle and Kelsey and those uh, monster contracts they signed. Definitely good to see these tight ends getting their money. These top tight ends, though, still undervalued in my opinion. So it's kind of interesting to see that where you get, you know, Kittle and Kelsey. These guys are like kind of doing more than what a wide receiver does for your team on a football field. And they get paid under what Amari Cooper's money, less less money than that even. I mean, it, it's pretty wild to me. But good for those guys. I, I felt like very interesting to see that Kelsey's locked in for six years. So I don't know what you guys think about that, but like a little bit scary to me. Kansas City with uh, Mahomes and Kelsey for six more years at least. Mm-hmm. Andy Reid loves his tight ends, man. He's got it. Like he knows it's like one of his vital things he's got to have is a tight end and a running back that can catch the ball. And so he's got his tight end for, you know, forever, man. You know, so <laughs> six years at least. That is forever yeah. in NFL yeah. terms, man. Right. Yeah, like to have players locked up for six years is just like unheard of almost. Yeah. The way those contracts are too, they're probably going to be there that long. It's, mm-hmm. it's pretty wild. I thought it was a smart move too on Kansas City's part because once Kittle got that contract, they were just trying to show him, hey, man, we still think you're the best. Let's give you a contract, too. So I wasn't surprised that one followed. That's my question. I haven't watched that guy that long. Like, is there a chance he was just like a one year? I had his crazy, badass one year. I don't really think so. Everyone's waving no, no. He's a beast. <laughs> too talented, yeah. He's actually had two really good seasons and one mm, like where yeah. he just started coming on. If I remember correctly, two years ago was like the end of the season. Two years ago where he started to pick it up. And then, yeah, this last season was when he went fucking apeshit, you know. So, you know, there's still a chance he's not a beast in my book. Kelsey's a beast. Like, I'm not saying Kelsey's going to, like, have better numbers. Or he probably won't have better numbers than Kittle if, if it's true with Kittle. But, like, you know Kelsey's going to be consistent. We all had Kittle uh, number one. consensus number one this year. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. you walked into yeah. the George Kittle fan club when you came on this podcast, bro. <laughs> no, I mean, obviously he's phenomenal. And obviously he's going to be Kittle. a top five. Kittle, yeah. Kittle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> See, I've noticed that about you guys. You guys think that like the new guy is always the best guy. Oh. <laughs> and Jay likes guys like Jordan Howard. I like guys who I've seen do it for many years. You know? <laughs> yeah. Jordan Howard's a beast, man. In my mind, Kittle and Kelsey are both going to live up to those big contracts. You know, I think they're yeah. both that talented, you know. I mean, the team's paid them a lot, but I think they're going to get what they paid for because these guys mm. are both stellar tight ends. So don't have this receiving core like the the Chiefs have either. So they have yeah. to. He has to pan out, or else they're going to fall to shit. So do you not think they're one and two, Jay? Who would you put as one and two? Zach Ertz? No, Ertz is awesome, but yeah, Kittle. I mean, yeah, Kittle and Kelsey are the ones you look at on other people's team, and you're just like, fuck. You had Andrews last year. Would you pick him for for the right price? No, no, I meant like as one, two. Like, no, I've always felt like at tight end specifically, there's there's a little bit of separation. That's a shift up those two guys. Like Jay was kind of saying earlier, like you'd see them on your roster if they're on the roster you're playing that week. You're kind of like, oh, okay, he's locked in for solid, right. good to high end numbers at tight end every week. Whereas, like pretty much from there down, you're going a little bit hit and miss. Whereas Kittle's going to get a hundred, Kelsey's going to get. 50 at least with probably a touchdown, you know. Like. Yeah, and actually uh, Mark Andrews uh, mentioned him briefly. He led tight ends in uh, receiving touchdowns last year. He had 10 of them, so solid play there. He's actually number three in all our rankings, so he's right there with Kittle and Kelsey. I mean, maybe a half a notch down, but. Yeah, he's number three, huh? Yep. I think he was three on my list. But Jay, I said I'm going to go get him this year. 
He did. Yeah. He, he wronged me last year, so now I'm gonna per- <laughs> now I'm gonna put him on my team. <laughs> you hear my slam? I was like, yeah, I think he got three in the championship game. <laughs> I think it was two, but fuck off. Yeah. Uh, I think it was two, man. Right. But you had Lamar Jackson, so it felt like six. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like six. Oh shit! Uh, Ertz is proving it, man. Because I like solid, man. I like a guy. Oh. I like a guy who I know is going to be good. Andrews really could be a shot in the shit. Like he had the one year. Lamar Jackson gets hurt. He's nothing. Honestly, fucking Carson Wentz could get hurt, and Ertz is still going to catch balls and get touchdowns, man. But what about Godard there? So you worried about that with Ertz? Yeah, ours isn't super valuable, but I mean, because of Gobert. Yeah, Gobert's like this uh, tight end vulture, man. He just goes in there and steals these touchdowns from Zach Ertz, and it's like... Well, he's a phenomenal player, too. I mean, exactly. You know, it's it's 1A, 1B. He has proven that he's a playmaker out there. Well, but the Eagles offense scores points. I mean, it should, at least. I I think they should. I I think with health, when if they had health in Philly, it'd be a whole different story. Last two years, they haven't had health. It's ridiculous. I mean, remember, like, how many points did they put up in the Super Bowl against the Patriots? Like, so it's all it's all there in Doug Peterson's head. I got a lot right. of respect for Doug Peterson as like an Andy Reid type guy, and I love like they use a lot of twelve personnel. They're putting two tight ends out there all the time. With Carson Wentz healthy, with those guys healthy, with the actual healthy wide receivers, I think it's I, me. I've I've been praising this as like a high end offense. Oh, hundred percent, man. Yeah, it's just health, so it's a gamble, like everything else. Yeah, if they stay healthy, man, they're going to be unstoppable. I saw this story. Everson Griffin finally signed. He was floating around out there for a while. He signed a one-year deal with the Cowboys. So uh, Mike McCarthy, you know, he came out with this classic quote, you can never have enough pass rushers. Well, ain't that the truth, Mike McCarthy? So they brought in Everson Griffin, and he is there in Dallas to rush the passer. He's on the one-year deal. Your thoughts? I believe Everson Griffin is a Valley guy. I think he uh, actually grew up out here in AZ, went to high school out here. Yeah, some thoughts on Everson Griffin going to the Cowboys, Rich? I was kind of hoping the Cardinals would get him, man. I I thought that was kind of a good fit for them. And he signs a one-year, $6 million deal, so hope for the Cardinals to get involved with something like that. It seemed like they could use a pass rusher. Interesting that that's the Mike McCarthy quote on it is that they you can never have too many. So like yeah, like Cardinals go get one. One one was sitting there waiting to be signed for apparently six million bucks. I think they could afford it. They can make it work. So it would have been nice, but oh well, it is what it is. Yeah, I definitely think it ramps up their defense. So you know, it definitely clicks them up a couple notches on everyone's board because you know you're gonna get your sacks, your turnovers, and that's a dangerous team. So as long as there's no turmoil, I kind of like the fit. All right, then, uh, real quick, we were talking about, well, we're always kind of talking about John Gruden. Somebody's always at least talking like John Gruden, it seems like. But, uh, I guess I'm guilty of that shit. <laughs> I like that guy. <laughs> John Gruden came out with some interesting comments. You know, we'll take this uh, little news and notes on a trip to Las Vegas and talk about these Raiders. And John Gruden came out. And mentioned Marcus Mariota. Jay, I'm not sure if you're a fan of uh, Mr. Mariota, but John Gruden seems to be a fan of him. You know, they brought him in to push Derek Carr, and John Gruden said, quote, he's a dazzling playmaker, dot, 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 with his feet. So, I don't know. He might not be that much of a playmaker with his arm, but Gruden likes his feet. So, there you go, man. I'll tell you what, man. 
I would definitely spend a dollar on him. <laughs> like, not as a joke. Because, right? you know, you only have a certain amount of spots, right? Yeah. Like, I would like him on my squad in one of my, like, he might blow up. I could see it. I don't think he'll blow up Lamar Jackson, blow up. I don't think he's even capable of that. But I think he's capable of, like, top five. Like, and his complete ceiling is, like, he could be top five points of quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he hasn't shown he can. I think it could. No, Jay, I've kind of been predicting that he, he's at minimum going to end up with the starting job there at some point this season. Really? That's kind of yeah. where I've been predicting is that he'll have the starting job. And then from there, I don't know, top five may be a little out of his range, but I don't put it beyond it. Like I, I always talk about like this change of scenery thing when the guy like, mm-hmm. okay, it's, it's, this is your opportunity to reinvent your career. You're going to have one more opportunity and you either are going to hit it or you aren't. So like there is like, it is a gamble, but if, if it does pan out, then it pans out well. So like, even mm-hmm. like when you talked about earlier about like you go for like the more trustworthy guys, I like to, whereas like sometimes I'm willing to take on more of a prospect type guy. I can see like an undervalue on him and get more out of it, especially like when it comes to drafting, I'm, I'm looking for maybe couple more prospect guys than, than you would maybe take on yeah but sometimes you get studs for for cheap yeah like aaron Rodgers, you guys had like as the 15th best quarterback if you're not going to spend two more than two dollars on aaron Rodgers, i will spend three for him over Mariota for a dollar that's why like even Mariota, i think he's more of a waiver guy i think he i think he could push to like okay i'll, yeah. I'll pick him up week three if it seems like it's going his way or like quarterbacks dry. Let's take a flyer. Yeah, I think you're waiting a couple of weeks just for him to start. So for me, he's a project, but yeah, a project that if you got the spot, he's definitely worth the dollar, like you said, Jay. And Derek Carr, I mean, he's kind of in the same boat as Mariota. Like he's had so many opportunities and he's flashed like a little bit, but he always blows it. Yeah, that's a good point. It's, you know, you wonder if it's the franchise or the player, but yeah, Derek Carr hasn't quite lived up to his potential. Mariota, you know, yeah, I mean, Ryan Tannehill came into Tennessee last year, completely outplayed him and, you know, earned himself a mm. nice starting role in Tennessee and Mariota got shipped out. So a very talented quarterback. I remember seeing him break off a... Uh, 85 yard touchdown run when he was with Oregon against ASU. Mm -hmm. I was at that game. It was pretty impressive, uh, you know, back when he was in college. So I I like Marcus Mariota, man. A lot of receiving talent in Oakland is the other thought that I have. So if he does get that starting job, I mean, you got Josh Jacobs in the backfield and there's some pretty good receivers in Oakland, some young guys, but some guys with a lot of potential. You want to talk about Tannenhill for a second? I like Tannenhill. Like a lot, like tier one quarterback, like top five. He's more like the type of guy that I feel like everybody's going to be down on him. They just hear the name and they're just like, Ryan Tannehill, who's, who's fucking Ryan Tannehill? I don't want that guy. Yeah, like just shrug him off like right off the fucking gate. So like, yeah. I don't yeah. think I'm going to have to pay terribly that much. So that's why I do like him so much. I have said that I do think he has a, a ceiling of being top five this year. I think 12 to five is realistic where he's going to fall. So The volume scares me a little bit, but like – such an efficient game because of what they do off of the run game. Like, so that's why I like it. Yeah. Again, I don't buy into the one year. I need more than one year, man, for me to, like, have a faith in the guy. Unless, like, I know he's fucking special, which I do not know Ryan Tannehill's special, you know, because he's had opportunities before. And- but even at quarterback, so, like, let's say I, I invest, let's say, six bucks in Ryan Tannehill, 
okay, if it doesn't pan out, I'm not really yeah. sunk on anything. If you like get him that. for cheap, for sure. Yeah, he's better than... I'll move on. Okay, it didn't work. Then I just continue down the waiver wire. Right. And find somebody who's, you know, manageable at quarterback. I mean, that's what I felt like my floor would be with a Ryan Tannehill anyway. So, fuck it. Who cares? What do you think, Mark? Mark? Tannehill, I mean... <laughs> I wonder about, you know, the organization down in Miami. Obviously, is a little bit of a train wreck, but you see Ryan Tannehill go to a new team in Excel. You saw Kenyon Drake get traded mm. to the Cardinals. True. Completely tear mm-hmm. it up for the last six games. So I think Tannehill's got a lot of talent, and maybe he just wasn't able to show mm. it because Miami is such a bad team. So I think he'll be a nice quarterback this year. I've dropped him down a little bit in my rankings just because I do think they'll be running quite a bit in Tennessee. But uh, no doubt, I mean, I would expect another – maybe playoff run by Tennessee. Mm. They were in the AFC title game last year. And I believe Mike Vrabel is a pretty damn good coach. So that's where I come out. And don't forget about Derrick Henry running the ball. I yeah. mean, it makes, it makes mm-hmm. playing quarterback pretty easy. Right. So another quick bit of news. Uh, Got to talk about this. The New England Patriots went out and signed a running back. So they are adding Lamar Miller to the backfield been a good player in this league and you just see the Patriots they're just building up the running back core bringing in people left and right I mean at, at different positions it seems like so Rich Lamar Miller's deal you know what are your thoughts on that bro it kind of came out of nowhere kind of blindsided me a little bit definitely an interesting signing so if that guy's healthy I think it could be interesting there I think I think it's always very tough in the Patriots backfield figuring out what Mr. Bill Belichick's gonna do is like you know Brain surgery? Yeah. <laughs> Brain surgery mm-hmm. while doing like a Rubik's Cube with your other hand. I don't know. Like, it's fucked up. So <laughs> I've found myself getting Patriots skill players here and there, and it's always tough. But, you know, I mean, they're they're high-end offense, so you want to get involved sometimes. I've had Sony Michelle on my roster. It's a, it's a tough place to be, though. So Lamar Miller, I don't think he's necessarily a play or anything. Something to watch and see what happens. It's such a... Patriots running back. Lamar Miller just like epitomizes everything Patriots running back says to me. Doesn't make mistakes. Isn't shifty. Just a grinder. Yeah, but he's going to do good, man. You give him a hole, he's going to hit it. He's like Corey Dillon. He's like every, he's like Bolden. And he's like, uh, who's that jerk I had last year? <laughs> the jerk. Aggie Dix. <laughs> Their main running back. Sony Michelle. Yeah, Sony Michelle. Same guy, man. He's going to hit the hole. He's going to hit it hard. And. He's not going to give you much else. He's not going to fumble. Same guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's just an insurance policy for the Patriots. Someone gets COVID, someone gets hurt. I still have a top guy to plug in. And they got Cam, so they might be running crazy this year. Who knows? I'm surprised, Mark. I don't see Devontae Freeman still not getting his contract, man. You think he's going to get signed? <laughs> <laughs> You've been pushing for him all offseason, man. Uh, if I was in charge of the Chicago Bears front office, I would have him on the phone right now oh, because I'm not crazy. trusting David Montgomery to carry the load. Hell yeah, I would bring in Devontae Freeman. Come on. Yeah, he's good, man. He must be holding out for a big deal. That's, I mean, somebody will get hurt. He knows that. His agent's telling him that. Wait till somebody gets hurt. They'll bring you in. They'll pay you what you want. You play for one year and try to get a new contract after that i think he's still out there but he'll be in the nfl he'll be on a team i probably by uh, maybe week three you know somewhere in there I, I feel like he'll get signed by somebody bro brad do you think he's getting signed i do not <laughs> really no he's way too good what team would sign him name a team talking about preseason you know no one's looking to sign him running backs get hurt all the time man i don't know i think i'm with mark within the first three weeks Especially with COVID, man. Who knows what the hell is going to happen? 
And that's a good point, man. Yeah. <laughs> this year is going to be a little crazy, man, with all the protocols and everything. There's going to be a lot of injuries and no plays and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Medical no plays. And shit. Let's put the over on, under on it. The start of the season or not? Does he get signed before the season? Does somebody want him? <laughs> he might be holding out, man. I'm sure somebody would take him if he would take the veteran minimum. I guarantee it. But he's probably like, I want $6 million and I'm going to hold out until I get it. Yeah. And somebody's running there is going to get hurt, and you're going to have to sign me for $6 million. That's why he's probably not signed right away. I think if he would take less money, he would probably get signed. Uh, Friedman had a handful of weeks last year where he looked pretty good, uh, especially catching the ball out of the backfield, scored a few touchdowns there. So, you know, uh, I mean, he's a guy. I do feel like he'll get picked up. I don't know how much of a difference he'll make. It depends on the situation he lands in. But Even if he gets picked up, I don't see it being relevant. So Brad doesn't like it. Mark likes. <laughs> I mean, he's an awesome like second running back, right? Yeah, I mean, if he lands on the right team, hell yeah, he'll get a starting role. He catches the ball out of the backfield and he's shifty. Like that's hard, right there. Not too many people can even do that, you know. Well, if he he was that good, he'd be a starter right now. That's that's my kind of point. Yeah, he's asking for a lot of money. Brad, you may have forgot the Atlanta Falcons actually upgraded and brought in Todd Gurley, so that made Devontae Freeman ex. Bendable. Yeah. So they, they said goodbye. They brought in the MVP. Hey, I'll tell you, Seattle chose Carlos Hyde over Devontae Freeman. Carlos Hyde's good, man. <sighs> you, you don't like Carlos Hyde? No. He's going to be third string in Seattle. I mean, that's a third string guy. These are third string he'll, guys. He'll start like eight games if he's third string in Seattle. I mean, you know, because they always get hurt in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> these numbers <laughs> don't they i mean every seattle running back gets hurt every fucking year oh uh, carson's had a few injuries here and there i mean everyone gets hurt man they can't keep a guy healthy on that team with running back they had to bring back in the fucking skittles the skittles marshall they had to bring back in the skittles guy because everybody was hurt this guy's been out of the league the skittles spokesperson yeah marshall lynch oh that's hilarious He's right. Seattle's backfield, you know, it's all garbage. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't get invested in there. <laughs> yeah. Unless you have to. Like you could catch like if you have to, you can catch lightning in a bottle and be like, who was that guy last year, that like Penny dude? Rashad Penny, yeah. Yeah. Like all like two straight games, he had like twenty points or something, and then he got hurt. That guy's had yeah, he's had injuries two straight years. So yeah. That's been a little rough. All right, guys, so real quick, we're going to hit this little story. Uh, we were talking about New England and Cam Newton, I saw. You know, Bill Belichick definitely gave him a little vote of confidence, but he is not taking all the first-team reps at this point. Brad, do you have any thoughts? Is Belichick making sure the young guys are ready, or does he have a little doubt if uh, Cam can adapt to this uh, Patriots playbook? No, I don't think he has any question if Cam can adapt. I'm pretty sure he – wouldn't have brought Cam in if he had those kind of questions. But Bill Belichick is ready for every situation. So he knows this, just like Lamar Miller bringing in. He's got to get everyone prepared. So he's getting these guys first team reps because they haven't gotten any reps. So I see this more as getting prepared than Cam not being a starter over Boyer and Stidham. <laughs> yeah, this guy is so good. I will be shocked if he is not the starter and uh, that's what Belichick does. He's just, he's like a master, just get in your head and make you just focus on being your best. They call it the Patriot way, right? Yeah. I mean, I would be thinking that cam is going to go off the chain this year. 
And Belichick doesn't give a shit. He's got him on a one-year contract. He's going to be like, stick your head in the hole and get a touchdown, son. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, a healthy cam and an offense that he's comfortable in. I mean, that's the recipe yeah. for success. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be shocked if Cam has a nice year. Top three, man. Oh, that's his top ceiling. That's a little rough. He could be number one, man. Over Lamar Jackson and Mahomes. Come on. Could be. I said could be. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying I could see him top one. Yeah, for sure. Wow. All right. Do you trust the weapons? Like, he doesn't have high-end weapons, I don't think. Yeah, no, you got a good point there. That's where I think there's a drawback. Like, it's just the offense might be nice, and, and Cam might get those rushing touchdowns. However, like, the all the intermediary from there, like, I don't think Nikhil Harry, Julian Edelman, Muhammad Sanu, I just don't think it's, like, high-end skill players for him. I think he's going to make him like Lamar Jackson in his own way. They're going to focus okay. – which I don't mean he is Lamar Jackson because he's not. No, but but he is a he is kind of like an ultimate weapon, like Lamar Jackson, you know. So I think I don't know how good you know Baltimore's pieces are. I think maybe Lamar Jackson's really fucking good, and maybe his guys are wide open. They schemed him open or whatever. And uh, I just think Cam has, without his weapons being great, I think Belichick is going to like just use him as the ultimate weapon, man. That's a good point. They, I was going to say, Cam is going to need open wide receivers because of his accuracy issues. Like mm-hmm. he needs sure. guys to be open. So if they're schemed open, then that's a different story. Like, okay, yeah, right. I could be on board with that. Yeah, I don't know about top one, but I, I could see you know top five. Yeah, that might be bold. It's bold. I mean, I, everything goes right for sure. Then man like it could be pretty sick i mean he's yeah goes out and gets eight rushing touchdowns this season that's gonna be super valuable right but i meant like and when i said top one i mean like lamar jackson has an off year and fucking uh chiefs quarterback gets hurt chiefs quarterback let's be respectful here <laughs> whoever that guy is he's like the super bowl mvp yeah we're on the organic podcast yeah, here buddy. that guy is a- <laughs> the chiefs he's in all the commercials Who's this guy yeah <laughs> okay that one guy. And one thing I will say about Cam is the Pats defense was notorious for scoring touchdowns last year. So that I do mm. think they have an act of getting in, which would mean less touchdowns for the Patriots offense. So they don't need to score as many points as Kansas City does. So by the way, fellas, left it off the sheet. Speaking of which, Chiefs quarterbacks bringing it up organically. Alex Smith, he's back, baby, in Washington. So I called that shit. Alex Smith's back. Clear to play, man. It's kind of miraculous how he came back from that injury. It was just devastating. He had, I forget, it was like over 10 surgeries on his leg to get this thing yeah. fixed up. 17, man. man. 17 surgeries in nine months. So definitely shows some determination. Yeah, actually, when Alex Smith has been a starter, he's been successful. Been pretty good. That's yeah, good, I man. mean. Andy Reid liked him. That, uh, that might crank up uh, F1's value for you there, Rich. Shh. Uh, i don't want to hear nothing i don't want to hear nothing about that (laughs) what do you mean (laughs) oh nothing man you know alex smith to terry mclaurin that sounds like a nice stack bro (laughs) i do think that washington football team has got is sneaky sneaky right now with ron vera coming in you got a quarterback play like rich said regardless is going to improve from last year whether haskins plays better they bring someone else that's going to be better so i like how jay says uh f1's a speed demon he is he is total speed demon and I, I don't like to talk him up too much, but I mean, it is what it is. I, I like the kid because, uh, but I hope people do just see him as a speed demon. 
they're just like, well, you know, am I really going to put Ted Ginn Jr. on my team? Nah, that's all right. That's how I want people to view him. But really, really in my Uh, view, man, like, no, he's more than that. He's good. He's good, man. There's a lot of talk about that guy being super good. good. For sure. But how good is he? How good is he? You can't start him every week. I will be starting him every week. Rich had him in the top 12 in his ranking, so Rich does have him as a WR1. Rich had him in the championship game. That's how much I Rich love likes that him. Kid, man. Over studs. He played that guy over yeah, studs. I love that kid, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, we got one more bit of news and notes. Uh, Rich, uh, it came down in San Francisco that Brandon Ayuk that rookie draft pick out of ASU, another ASU kid. So he got drafted. They moved up to get him. I think it was like the 26th overall. I guess Kyle Shanahan came out with some thoughts about Brandon Ayuk, Rich. Uh, what did Kyle Shanahan have to say? Uh, he was just singing his praises today after practice. I think that's one thing to kind of look at as a fantasy manager this year. This is what we're going to have to go off of. Every couple of days, you're going to get some practice reports. And that's that's it, man. That's all we're going to have. So it, it is something we're going to have to look at as it trickles out. So Kyle Shanahan's liking what Brandon Ayuk's doing, the wide receiver out of ASU. He's killing it. I, I really like that kid a lot. And, you know, he's going to be in a focused role as Debo Samuel comes back from his injury. So by the time you get to about week six, week eight, I think he could be a nice little play actually at a certain point in this season. Yeah, and especially with Emmanuel Sanders being shifted out, I think he shifts right in. Probably got more explosive speed too. So if they like using him and he gets a good report, Jimmy G, I think, you know, he's a really good someone to take a flyer on. Well, and what Shanahan was saying is that he is way advanced for where rookies are usually at at this stage. So he's saying he's ahead of schedule, basically. So um, ahead of schedule sounds good to me, especially with a coach like Kyle Shanahan. He's going to be expecting a lot out of his guys and expecting them to be blocking and know their routes and know their assignments and stuff. So I expect some good things actually out of him. I mean, I I don't know how much he's worth drafting. Uh, He's a buck maybe, but project guys for sure. All right, guys. Well, we have now run through our news and notes and – Look around, Brad. Kika, kika. It is time once again. Uh, Jay, we are honored to welcome you you into the circle, my friend. The champ is in the building, and Thank you, uh, my friend. <laughs> yeah, we are going to pass it all the way around. It is time for that herbal intermission, and you know I'm gonna send it over to you, Rich, as you guide us through this herbal journey here. What are you puffing on today, my friend? Kika. Yeah, man, I've I've been seeing a lot of ads on my Instagram and such uh, for Select Elite's live resin cartridges, so I decided it's time to give them a try, man. That sounds good, bro. Live resin, so super high, um, super high terpenes for us here, enhanced live resin. I've got a sativa today, clementine. Smart move. I'm going to (laughs) go, Brad, you know you love it, always good with the sativa, so we got (laughs) to... We got Clementine, which is a nice sativa made by crossing tangy and lemon skunk. So those are two strains I think we all know and like. I like tangy. I like lemon skunk. So I'll give this bad boy a try. It's supposed to give me some fruity flavors in the terpenes and maybe a little bit of minty with a little buzz. Let's see. Hell yeah. I think my boy Jay might be having a little something. I think my boy uh, Brad might be already getting into his dabaroos over there, right? Yep. I actually, uh, due to the magic of radio, <laughs> I uh, 
actually probably need to pause so I can run in my house. <laughs> He'll be back in a minute. Well, I'll do my dab since I'll have the floor. Here we go. We don't need the magic. We are the magic. <laughs> Organic, baby. Coming to you live. And then we get to stare at the trophy boys going, too, just sitting there. Hey, Mr. Trophy. What, what do you think about sitting in Jay's house? And he goes, he goes, guys, get me the hell out of here. I'm sick of this place. It's been too place. long. It's been way too long. The things man. he's done to me. me and, yeah. You got to get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> That's I can never be clean. I can never be clean. <laughs> you don't know. The things he's done. <laughs> Give me back to Toby. He was such a nice man. He just set me on his shelf and I collected dust. It was wonderful. There's a lot of stud dust in his house. Yes. <laughs> yep. It was alright though. I was comfortable then. Now I shiver every time the door closes. The clammy hands. The his clammy, clammy hands are all over me again. <laughs> So, Jay, what do you got over there? A little good old-fashioned doobie-doob. All right, all right, all right. (laughs) Nothing but respect, bro. I love that. Is that a particular strain you got there, Jay, or is that just some mexi dirt weed off the corner? Jay doesn't do that. Jay's (laughs) high class when it comes to that. Jay doesn't roll that way. (laughs) I think it's just a nice choice artisan blend. There's usually a house blend that they'll do, yeah. Yeah, sativa, house blend, hybriders. Indica. They'll throw a couple freebies in there for you or something if you buy a lot of them. Well, these are cool. These are called minis. So it's like, you know, a fourth, maybe half the size of a normal. If you're smoking by yourself, it's perfect. Yeah, they're for one person. Yeah, for sure. No sitting. You know, the genius of uh, legalization is uh, you get to be creative with what people want to sell, blah, 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 blah. You can buy soda with weed in it. <laughs> Yeah, I need to try that can of coffee, man. I, I'm looking for that shit. I need to try that one. For a little wake and bake with a little caffeine boost. I think they actually just sell, like, sticks of butter with THC in it. So, like, whatever you want to make. Like, you just make toast and get high. <laughs> toast. <laughs> Fucking awesome. My lender's bagels are getting me baked with this THC butter, man. <laughs> That sounds pretty good, man. A bagel with some weed butter. That sounds good. <laughs> some weed butter, a little cream cheese. Oh, you're the herbs, yeah. Your wife comes in. Mark, why are you on your third bagel? <laughs> Star it, honey. Keep getting hungry. I'm just keep eating these fucking bagels. <laughs> He's like eating the raw butter. Like, ah. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Well, it works, but. <laughs> Uh, Rich, how you feeling over there after those couple drags off that live resin, bro? Live resin's pretty tasty, man. You can tell it's a it's a nice, potent hit. I had something called a live rosin in California one time. It's kind of reminded me of that. Just got that just real heavy, like, terpene flavors. Like, I'm feeling it in the, like, nostrils. Like, it's good, man. <laughs> I like it. Very potent for a cartridge, man. I, I like cartridges that bounce it around that I know are going to hit me a little heavier like this guy and then ones that can keep me on a nice even keel do do the job but not like overpower me but this is this one's packing a punch that's for sure i like the white resin so good stuff good stuff select i'm gonna say my dabs are always solid <laughs> you know it's like that rock you always need in your life you know something never let you down 
And that's what the dad's That's literally doing. like a rock sometimes. You just gotta break it up, right? Hell yeah. <laughs> just melt it. I'm really into the edibles. Yeah. I'm really into low dose edibles. That's my thing now. I really love it. Those fast acting. Rocking these little bad boys a little bit, hitting yeah. these little squares. They're, oh, they're only five milligrams, but I just keep popping them a couple as I go. Like, just kind of like feel them out. I even like yeah. lower than that, man. Like, you're way more of a stoner. <laughs> way than that, more so. of a stoner, bro. <laughs> yeah, no, like, Rich is tolerant. Oh, you don't want to talk definitely... about tolerance in this house. No, Brad will blow you away, bro. You don't even want to know what Brad oh. is. Oh, I know. He, he knows. I know this kid. Yeah, we talk about that. We talk. <laughs> we talk about that. We, uh, tolerance is, like, everybody has their own tolerances. Like, that, that's important is knowing yeah. your tolerance. If you're, if you're the guy who can take two yeah. hits of the vape cartridge or, or one pre-roll and just, like, that's it. That's where it is. Know that and hit yeah. That's good. That's I'm good sure. to hit that and be done with it. That's yeah. the perfect amount for you. That's, that's what's right. Yeah. Yeah, and edibles are kind of tricky because, like, you can take a low dose and it won't hit you for an hour. Until mm. you find that sweet spot, it, edibles is that one thing that can really take a long time to find your sweet spot. They, Jay, they have these, yeah. um, they're select too. Uh, they're fast acting edibles. So they take 15 to 20 minutes instead. Fast acting to nactin edibles. Yeah. That's, what I, that's what I like. And you know what else? You know what else is super important to me is uh, CBD mixed in with they call it the halo effect i think is what they call it and uh basically it's like really softens up yeah. the high when you add like they complement each it's other when you see an angel yeah exactly well, hell yeah. Man. so i like to take i like to take this fast acting it's crazy they're only one one and a half milligrams of thc and one and a half milligrams of cbd and uh, but it's like fast acting it's like you took a it's, shot of weed amazing. You know it feels like it's like oh, a little, yeah. little shot of weed can i have two yeah. shots of weed right now yeah oh yeah well that's cool man all right well guys that was a fun little herbal intermission and oh, yeah. thanks jay for joining in you know the circle that keeps getting bigger and that's what we like to see, man. So, so hit that subscribe button out there, guys. Keep that circle yeah, growing. As long as you subscribe, you know, the circle keeps growing. We hit the cacao. The bigger we get, the more free weed for everybody. I mean, that's how we roll. Tell you All right, guys. So we're going to uh, wrap that little herbal intermission up and get back to it. And, you know, uh, it might be time to officially roll out the red carpet for the champ, you know. Jay is in the house, so I want to make yeah. sure I give him a proper introduction. I didn't, uh, I didn't have any entrance music prepared. Cut it in. If there's a song you want me to put in there, let me know. I actually did bring my own entrance. Music. I just thought he might. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since we told him he's coming on the show, he's been working on it. <laughs> so you know, Jay, he's he came out with us. He is the two-time defending champ. He has three spots on that trophy locked up oh he's bringing the guitar out i love he it. also won it back in 2013 so yeah three titles for jay and i, I think he might have a little ditty hey no scratches on the trophy this year so i really appreciate yeah, that take here. care of it yeah, yeah take care you didn't drop it in the driveway this time so that's good man yeah yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. it was a little wobbly actually on the case and i was like i could just see this shit falling over yeah during the podcast oh we'd kill you <laughs> just happened jay it seems as though has prepared something for us
I think that was uh was that the refreshments? I don't know. Who was that? That was El Hampion. Yeah. It sounded like a little pinball wizard esque to me. Produced <laughs> written Was that a Who cover? Written, produced, oh, performed that? by El Hampion. It, it will be on a major label later this year. And if you guys are worried about it, it's been trademarked, so don't worry. Yeah. It's already his El Hampion. Well, actually, there is a lot of musical talent in our league. We're lucky to have that with the uh, Any Given Sunday Fantasy League. And yeah, Jay didn't really show it right there, but he is a talented guitarist. So, you know, check out his band one of these days, man. They're called Semi-Charmed. They fucking tear it up. Uh, Anyways, guys, we're going to, like I said, roll out the red carpet for the champ. Yes, yes, Mr. West is in the building. And uh, he's kind of like Kanye West in the fact that Jay is the truth. And he has won it two years in a row. Jay, take me back. Transport your mind, buddy, back to 2018. Um, You know, two years ago, the first of your little back-to-back championships here. You know, tell me your thoughts about the draft you had then. I remember that you drafted Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey that year. So I know that worked out pretty well for you, man. But take me back to your thoughts uh, that year when you came out out of the draft with those two guys, bro. Now, I'll tell you the difference between 2018 championship and 2019 championship. 2018 championship was a master draft. That shit was like, you don't have to say anything. You just look at my final roster, which was like the same as my drafted roster of that year. And it's just like, dude, that's a fucking squad, bro. But this last championship year was completely different. Horrible draft. Um, I was going through some crazy shit in my life. Like, it was... My brain wasn't working that day, man. I actually remember, Jay, at the bar that day. and You were a little unfocused, man. You were a little frazzled. I remember that. Your hair was, like, sticking straight up in the air, and you were like, I'm here, bro. That's all I know. Uh, that was the worst draft I ever had that year. So, yeah, so 2018, um, you know. What went right for you, man? Obviously, you had the two stud running backs. Saquon Barkley was off the chain his rookie year. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey had a, his uh, first huge season. So, you know, it was solid, man. And then you filled in the pieces around it and kind of just rode those guys to title town. Uh, Rich, is that how you remember it going for Jay in 2018, man? 2018, good year for him, man. Yeah, definitely, definitely a draft. I mean, it's funny because you can have different types of seasons. You can have a mix of like draft and waiver success. You can have all wa- you can have all waiver success almost. Mm-hmm. Waivers and trade success. Three teams to a fantasy football league. Three teams. Yeah. You got your draft team, you got your waiver team, and you got your trade team. I like to be a mix of it all. Like give me the best. Yeah, yeah. give me the best That's out of best. all of it. I'm going to try to pick at every market. Yeah, You're it's, it's huge. But no, that year, man, yeah, definitely. When you draft Barkley, McCaffrey, interesting note, guys, I'll just tell you, he did also draft Kirk Cousins that year. Ooh. You like that? <laughs> you like that? You like that? (laughs) You know, Cousins is a good quarterback. I hate to admit it, but he is. No, Jay, I don't know if you've heard, but on an episode previous, I used Kirk Cousins. We did did like a little build a roster type thing, and I put Kirk Cousins as my backup guy, (laughs) and they gave me a bunch of shit about it. Because he's fucking garbage. He's my backup. As your backup? Yeah, that's what I said. I said, I think he's got value as the backup. You two are meant for each other. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. All right, I'm glad we had Jay on. 
Beautiful. There would be an agreement at some point. You know, Brad, it's kind of funny, man. Now that we've arrived at this part of the show, man, kind of feels like we're in the middle of this heavyweight fight, Brad. I mean, we got Rich on one side and Jay on the other. And I just got to ask these guys, you know, touch gloves, try to keep it above the belt, you know, for the most part. He's got nobody to blame but himself for last year. Well, hold on. I know you. I know you say like <laughs> I've heard. Maybe you think I made some bad roster decisions and bad roster. I thought so. Why you start Kyler Murray? Well, okay, understand Kyler Murray did get dinged up in that game and sat in that game. So his twelve points, like he was on pace, he got dinged up. Who was your back? Ryan Tannehill. But okay, Ooh. Kyler Murray had twelve point six points. Uh, Ryan Tannehill has twenty one points. Okay, so. Kyler Murray was on his way to being in the range of where it's supposed to be. So that yeah. my roster, my roster was in decision modes that like, it shouldn't have mattered that much. How about you made two really bad calls that I was just like, is he really going to do this? And don't get me wrong. It's all luck. And I'm just fucking, yeah. like, who the hell knows, man, you know, but I, I did remember he did like two things. I was like, he's not really going to do that. He's just trying to fuck with me or something. Mike Boone. When he started Terry or Terry Dog. Terry McClure. You can yeah. say his name. Over. F1. McLaren. You say it. Say his name. <laughs> you say his name. <laughs> <laughs> no, I understand. Honestly, you're Devontae Parker. He's so good. Yeah. Devontae Parker is has like DeAndre Hopkins' body, dude. He is so good. And he finally like found his skill. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe it's Devontae Parker right yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, like, I felt confident in all my skill, AD black. So yeah. like it is like that balance, man, where it's tough because if you overload your skill, you do have these decisions where you're like thinking about all these different things that are going on. So like it's a lot more thinking to do and paring it down to really, okay, who should I start? Like, so I get a lot of information yeah. flowing. Otherwise, what am I going to do? I, I don't want to be four deep. Like, you know, your team. <laughs> what do you mean? Like how you were four deep at skill at the end of the year. Like I had to always transform around. What do you mean? Just that you weren't deep. You didn't have depth at skill. Right. Like, you had, you had good skill but at the end of the year. You had skill, but you didn't have depth. If you had one injury, your team would have taken a shit. If we had to go one more week i was running on empty if there was one yeah. more week in this year yeah. one more thing that dinged you it was like yeah, this guy's the wheels falling off man i had to start golden tape <laughs> honestly like i think jay and i can say that like we think that we're the best in the league i definitely watch more football than anybody uh, in the league maybe than not than you yeah <laughs> yeah not you i think i think we're about even maybe definitely watch eight hours sunday well yeah for sure jay he watched every play of every game yeah <laughs> Every play of every game last year he saw, so. I don't know if it was every play. I mean, pretty close. I had Game Pass last year, and I just really got into it, and I was watching it a lot. I watched every game pretty much. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's pretty cool because they have it condensed, and you can just, like, it just goes play by play. Just 40-minute yep. games. You just watch the whole game. While we're on this subject, let's finish this real quick. Who was the other guy in 2019? I think you wanted me to start Miles Sanders, and I started Mike Boone. Oh. Yeah. Well, no, that was a desperation play, right? I think it was. I think I was like kind of like forced into it as like that would end up being. I forget why that was like my last last ditch effort to have to like put that in. You needed him to score fifty, and you could swap him out for Miles Sanders. I don't know. You didn't do your research, so let's move on. Yeah, I know. Sorry. <laughs> Pull it up, dude. I'm not doing that research. <laughs> no, no, thank you. <laughs> 
I don't care. Like, honestly, I build a roster, like put myself in that position each year. If I made like some suspect decisions, it is what it is. It's, it's a week out of the year. But like, honestly, like yeah. I build a powerhouse team like every year. I, I come out to build a powerhouse every fucking year. Like that's how it is. So sure. and if I get to the end of the year and I look at my roster and I go, that's a powerhouse fucking roster. Yeah, I have guys like Devontae Parker, Miles Sanders uh, on top yep. of where my Zeke and McCaffrey are. Like, I'm pretty fucking yeah. stacked as it is. So, like, yeah. and Ryan Tannehill, is, who's performing as the number two quarterback. For sure. That's why it's bullshit. I mean, your squad was amazing. So that's what I'm saying. Like, if as good as my squad was in 2018, I build for big time rosters. Like, that's my second best roster is what I built last year. My championship year was my best roster. Last year was second best. And it, I was in stomp mode with it last year. And, like, you went on your run, man. Yeah. You, you came and got it. So, yeah. like, it was a good run, man. Like, I, I always say, like you know i, I want to put myself in that position have that roster that's ready to compete and then what happens in 16 is is what happens in 16 you know it's one week out of the 16 yep. week season i don't get too frustrated with it i used but, to get super frustrated i'd be like oh man what's up with this i'd be like fucking all mad yeah. but like it is what it is man i'll tell you what man honestly i commend you for playing those players because that took some balls because <laughs> i know you look at like the experts right like don't do that yeah you know, like, like very clearly, like yeah. Devontae Parker's like two. McLaurin, like, dude, like in that game, he broke so many people's fucking ankles. Like, it was just a matter of mm. him not getting the ball. Honestly, like, there's a couple plays that were yeah. just missed in that game where it would have been just fucking huge touchdowns. Yeah. Big. That's what he is, man. He can score these big ass touchdowns, man. Yeah, he's kind of like a Deshaun Jackson. It scares yeah, me. Yeah, I mean, I, and like I say, like yeah. he's he has like this like footwork and like route running skills of like a young antonio brown type situation it's high-end quality man i i see it man i'm telling you i fucking like him man yeah i i I can't be shy about it really anymore like i i I fucking like him dude especially man fucking alex smith dude i i can't wait dude if he's back and he's he's ready to chuck the ball look out Jay, I do know a player we're going to have a battle on. No, you like Miles Sanders? Yeah, <laughs> Miles Sanders. Yeah, I don't care. I mean, he's obviously an elite one this yeah. year. I mean, there's no doubt about it. You that. find him to be elite? He's on the a list of like – Like top five or top ten? I haven't thought too much about it. That's my whole life with fantasy football is I don't want to overthink shit. Jay, real quick, if the people haven't figured it out yet, what – uh, NFL team do you support, buddy? I love those uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Is that what it is? <laughs> okay. Uh... He's joking, everyone. He's joking. Yeah. <laughs> He flies that Eagles green. Carson Wentz, extravaganza of army. (laughs) As soon as they build those COVID tents outside that stadium, that'll be good, man. They'll have a triage set up for all those injuries that keep popping up on the Eagles. I know. Can we just back up and go back to what Jay said? He does not rank his NFL players. I don't really do that. So you just go at will like. I just like a tier. I'm just like, that guy's fucking badass, dude. Like, I want that guy. So you do rank them, but you just don't actually give them, like, individual number ranks. No. So real quick, Jay. So your top tier is um, badass. Is that correct? You would qualify that as top tier? Um, I'm trying to gauge it here. It's like, yeah. They're better than badass? No. Top tier is like, you could be top three running back. Badass. That's about as high as it gets for me because injuries. 
Christian McCaffrey. Badass. Badass. Is the very, very top <laughs> badass. But he could get hurt, man. He could have a bad coach. His quarterback could get hurt. So you never fucking know. Okay, so I'm curious. You go from badass. Yeah. What, what's the next click down? What have we got there? Next one's like, could be good. And then the next one is what? Bag of dicks? The next one's like, dude, let other chumps fight over this. Bag of dicks. Just to let you guys know, I was trying to trade Jay last year, and he told me that my running back, Chase Edmonds, was a bag of dicks. <laughs> and what was he? It, he went off for two games until he got injured. So what did he end up being at the end of the day? I, th- I think he was a little more than a bag of dicks, but <laughs> it's up to you guys. <laughs> I'm glad we keep the explicit rating on our episodes, everyone. I make sure to click it every time. <laughs> you know, Jay, we uh we kind of sang your praises for your uh, 2018 draft and that nice championship run. Can't take anything away from you there, man. That was nice. Can I interject? I'm sorry. Let me just sum up that season as just had the best squad and won that season and won and i won okay. like so it worked out how it was supposed to in your mind yeah i mean i got so lucky to win but like i did have the better fucking team that year well let, let's move the clock forward to 2019 and draft day like you said jay your your mind you were a little scatterbrained that day or whatever and uh you know the draft prices might kind of show that so let me run this down for you bro i don't know if you remember this from last year you know you spent 73 bucks on alvin Kamara. So mm. that was a big investment. I know he had some injury issues for you at some point last year. But then your other two priciest players were Amari Cooper for 46 mm. and Damian Williams for 42. And I remember me and you were actually in a bidding war on that guy. Mm. Um, so I was kind of glad that you ended up with him at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But, you know, right there, that's $161 a year bankroll, man. For Kamara, Cooper, and Damian Williams, and then you kind of filled in around the rest. So, uh, you know, tell me your thoughts about that draft day. There's definitely one player on there you got for $2 that was a diamond in the rough, I guess you could say. I thought I got him for $1. Was it 2 Yeah, it was 2 bucks for Lamar Jackson, bro. That's awesome. Good job, me. Good job, me. Way to go. (laughs) So, yeah, there's the luck right there. I mean, the whole season was super lucky for me. There's another variable we haven't gotten to. I will be the first to admit that I definitely won that year. And, like, I don't give a fuck. Like, (laughs) like my team won the championship game, so fuck you. (laughs) My team better. It was lucky. Very lucky. I got super lucky that season. So, Kamara, what happened, I recall... I think I drafted him early. I think I only had like three running backs on my badass list last year. <laughs> I'm serious. I think I had like three like top tier. Like I think these guys are going to blow the fuck up. I'm almost fucking positive. Of course, injuries and other shit happens all the time. So who the fuck knows? But that's what I really think. Right. That's my list. And I think Kamara was like one of the three on it. And I think I just won it one of the three, no matter what. And I like got him. So I was like, all right, well, I got one of my three. That's like the most important part for me. Fuck. I, I definitely overpaid for Kamara. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, at least I got my dude who like, I feel like will be my number one guy. Like you're going to look at my team and be like, fuck Kamara, you know, <laughs> didn't really happen that way. But if you get a top five guy for your 73 bucks though, aren't you, you're pretty much at the value, right? Maybe it's a, just a touch over, but like if it was 68, you'd be like, okay, I'm solid with that. I don't know, man. For a top five bag? Everything is just so wild with it. Cause some years there's like five great backs where there's like five great fucking backs. You're like, I can take any one of these five. 
there's some year where there's like one incredible back last year and then draft strategies are so crazy on the board too you, you never know what the fuck's gonna happen dude you know i would point out jay uh another and we could get back to some more of these uh draft prices that you had last year on that championship squad that you ended up building on the waiver wire you did have a nice little gem early in the season last mm-hmm. year when you scooped up mark andrews mm-hmm. and uh you know paired him with lamar jackson so you know when you put andrews on your team Obviously, I don't think you're expecting him to do all that, but, you know, did you like him as a player at that point? I was praying I got Andrews on that waiver wire. I actually, I knew nothing about the dude before the season, and I was sitting next to Chris at the bar, and Chris looked at me and goes, Andrews on the Ravens is going to be good. And I go, fuck, I don't even know who this fucking guy is. You know, I'm like, cool, man. And then nobody drafted him. And then I saw in week one, he got like 150 yards and a touchdown. And I was like, this guy's going to be fucking good. Like, give me that yeah. guy. That goes to show you, like, lesson learned out there, please. Don't just go giving information to your league mates. What the hell is that? <laughs> What's he thinking? That's what happens when you draft together as friends, though. You just talk about shit. I mean, I throw out lots of good tips. I really do. She has an uncanny ability of having drinks with our other co-league members <laughs> and just getting just the best information slash players out of them. <laughs> He just keeps sending the waitress over with more drinks. Get another beer. Let's go. (laughs) That's how it goes. I've got another beer for you, a shot. And let's sign the deal, DeAndre Hopkins. Let's go. Send it. (laughs) That wasn't that bad of a trade. I mean, obviously, I won that trade. But for him, it filled his needs. And, like, he was fucking done with Hopkins. He's emotional. That's the number one rule. That everybody needs to learn, dude. Don't get fucking emotional. Like, if you can't handle a player, don't draft him. The number one rule from Jay really is take advantage of the emotional. I don't know. That's, I don't know, <laughs> man. Yeah. It's in his playbook. Maybe. I don't know. That's some deep shit. I don't know. <laughs> I, what I mean by don't get emotional is don't be like this guy. Like, Kamara. I could have so fire sold Kamara last year. Like I kept it cool, but he pissed me off like every fucking week. I'm like, Kamara, I paid $74 for me. You get me six fucking points, like two weeks in a row. Well, Kamara had the injury issues last year, man. That slowed him down. Yeah. But he was a disappointment for sure. And for the price he paid, I get it. I think he came through in the playoff for you though. I think get emotional and be like, fuck it, Rich, dude, give me fucking Miles Sanders for him, you know, or something like that. And then, you know, it paid off, dude, you know. Yeah, you kept the faith with them, so that's good. Yeah. Yeah, some other uh, notes on your team. And I, you really revamped this roster, man. You know, you really did between trades and waiver ads. Because, like you said, your draft just wasn't the strongest last year. You had Trubisky for 3 bucks, Duke Johnson Jr. for 21 he paid more for Trubisky than he paid for Lamar Jackson. Isn't that fucked up? That's right. I was high on Mitch. I liked Mitch. I remember at the draft, I was like, Mark, I got Mitch. He's going to be fucking good this year, right? Mark's like, I think so, bro. I was like, yes, Mitch. (laughs) Yeah, I like that. Uh, Duke Johnson Jr. for $21. Jay, did you get stuck with him or was that just a... You know what happened on that one? That that was a horrible... That was probably my worst draft player for amount I ever drafted. I would agree. When you did that for 21, I was like, what the fuck is he thinking? I'll tell you what happened. I had no other running backs on my list of like, I want to gamble for this guy. Gamble list. Yeah. There was nobody even liked on the gamble list other than him. I was like, I'm going to go high and get him for five bucks, dude. Like nobody wants this guy, you know, but me. I'm going to pay five fucking bucks for him at the end. I don't give a fuck. I was like, I just want this guy. I don't like the draft's almost up. I only got like two 
the three roster spots. And I was just yeah. like, fine, fuck you, dude. And he just, he knew I liked him. You should not be named. And then he got out right at the right time. <laughs> yeah, right. You just spent $21. You're like, oh, man, I thought you were going to click that button. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. He might have gotten one more click on me, but that was it. <laughs> Guess what? Click. <laughs> you know what, though? It made him. You should not be named. All that shit is so funny how it all works, though. Because that clicking made me not get Drew Brees. Because I was going to get Drew Brees at like four bucks or cheap again this year. And he just like, he saw me and I'm like, he saw me get like happy. Like, cool, I got Drew Brees. And he's like, boom. And he got him for like six bucks or something. So that's how I wound up with Lamar Jackson, dude. Because I probably wouldn't have drafted him. So you organically ended up that way. (laughs) So I think we can tell that Jay is an organic drafter. He just lets it flow. (laughs) I try to like plan the shit out of it, I guess. I don't know. I guess I'm a different breed when it comes to that shit. But I plan the fuck out of it. I think there's too many variables to have like my head. Like during the draft. I just honestly think there's too many variables to to have any too much of a plan i mean it's a shit show you're just like what what shit you and i went after david johnson i ended up with him for 90 and then fell off the cliff the first week he yeah. injures his wrist so 90 dollars out the window man like wow that was huge yeah i mean week one man all that value sunk and gone like shoot see ya okay i remember that season. that was brutal bro Yeah, revamping after that was tough but you can grind and still get there but it's tough It's like when I traded Brad, the worst trade in in league history. (laughs) I would disagree with that. You win some, you lose some, though. Yeah, I would say the one last year was the worst trade. Would you disagree with it, really? What did I trade for Derrick Henry? Derrick Henry and Sonny Michelle for Amari Cooper. And and the worst part was Latavius Murray. Amari Cooper. You didn't even give him a banged-up Camara. He took a second string back. You know what that was? That's not what the trade was. Here's what this was, really. It was... You should not be named. Had no chance. That guy. That guy. No, that's funny. <laughs> he was like your Boone Miles Sanders thing. It was the same thing for him. He was like, okay, so I might have Kamara's replacement who's actually Kamara. There's actually like a small chance that that's true. And not only that, Jay, he traded Derrick Henry, who was arguably the third to fifth best back in the league at that time. And he gave you Sony Michelle, who was possibly a top 12 back at the time. For what did he get back in running backs? A second string Latavius Murray. He didn't even get the handcuff with the banged up Kamara. Amari Cooper was beat back then, dude. Amari Cooper was like maybe not top five receiver, but probably. I think he was like the third best receiver at that time, honestly. Amari Cooper, he did fall off the cliff right after I traded him, but that's like whatever. That's not the point. It's the point, like, when you look after everything. But the point is when the trade went down, he was like a top three receiver. Well, and Latavius Murray was coming off, like, three or four big games with a Camara injury. Yeah, like, huge game. Like, 22-point game. Also, games where Camara was sitting. Like, yeah. All for the time for Camara to come back, and Camara was back. So that makes Latavius Murray, like, literally a negative player at that point. No, Latavius Murray, no. That's not how it is. Alvin Kamara was having a shit year. He was getting healthy, and then actually exactly at that time, you have Alvin Kamara, and you got production out of Alvin Kamara. So you can't tell me that Latavius Murray was worth something there. Obviously, it was worth something because he liked it. Obviously, it was worth something. And that Hopkins trade, Jay, you said uh, you filled his needs. I will say that Chris never started that defense you traded him. (laughs) 
So just let you know, he did. You did trade him for a defense that he never ended up starting. You can't be shy. You, you won. You just clearly win. You won those trades. I usually Jay. I value trades like when I look at them as like someone's getting sixty percent to forty percent or whatever. Like yeah. I think you're at seventy percent on both those trades. In hindsight, fuck yeah, I am. Fuck you know. Yeah. In hindsight, it's like ninety. Not only hindsight though. Like I told Brad right out the gate, that's what the numbers were. The Henry trade was 60-40. 80-20. No, it wasn't, dude. Amari Cooper was a top three receiver at that time. Sony Michelle sucked the whole fucking season. And when I got him, he fucking sucked. Sony Michelle fucking sucked, dude. You couldn't even start that guy. He was a negative start. The Saints running back just came off of three straight games. So, so take Latavius Murray and Sony Michelle out of the equation and just trade Derrick Henry for Amari Cooper. Like we all know that it's better to have a top three running back. Latavius Murray at that time was worth more than the than the running back. What's he worth? He was not worth anything there. Like I'd right, agree to disagree, man. That's all there is to it. Well, how is he worth anything when he didn't score any points afterwards? Dude, look Kamara at his points. Did. He scored more than Kamara after that trade. He was scoring more points than Kamara was weeks after that trade. Kamara's numbers were fucking horrible, man. He was having a horrible year. And then he didn't when you needed him for your championship. Yeah, baby. When you used him for your championship run, you had good production coming from Kamara, right? You did, yeah. right? Was Kamara not giving you good production at the end of the year? He was giving horrible production at the end of the year. The only game he did good was the last game. That was the only game he did anything. Maybe he did. Maybe he had like a touchdown. He had like a touchdown the game before our game. I think, if I remember correctly, and obviously my memory is not my strong point. <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think a week before that, he had like a touchdown in like 50 yards or something. But before that, he was like a negative play. He was getting like six, 60 yards. And that's it. I think that's you being emotional about it, actually. <laughs> I think that's you being emotional about Kamara. Well, but I kept him. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. I kept him and I played him, and like, he's my dog, dude. You know, like, I believe in him. I'm not getting rid of him. If we're taking a step back, pull out the lens, right? And we're actually talking, you know, giving advice to other fantasy leagues, not getting caught up in our own league. What Jay did was identify a trade partner, maybe an owner in the league that does play emotionally and made a couple nice deals to send him on a run, you know? So that's regardless of, you know, our own personal feelings and everything. That's, that's how I look at it. I mean, you did what you're supposed to do, Jay. So that, I'll give you credit for that much, man. Nice. That's what I said. He had a playbook and did achieve good yeah. value on trades. Like there's no doubt about it. I'm not, he thinks he won him just a little bit less than what I said he won him. I also just want to point out, like, you said it's hindsight. I don't necessarily consider it hindsight. But Brad and I had a conversation as soon as these trades happened, and I said, man, wow, that, that's league-altering right there. He's he's on his way now. When he comes out and says things like, oh, he's, like, going to win out, <laughs> I don't put it past that team anymore. Jay did come out and call that. Yeah, let's talk about that shit. He picked up Derrick Henry and DeAndre Hopkins all within about six days. And so in that time, those are huge improvements. Oh, wow. Like now Jay has a team. That's a squad now. Of course, like it changes things. Those those are huge players, huge improvements. But let me remind you all that I called. I would go undefeated for five straight fucking games and I'll win the championship. You definitely had a little bit of puck luck along the way last year, man. I got some Phil Jackson shit. It all worked out for you, man. So, hey, sometimes fantasy goes that way. That's the beauty of it, man. <laughs> 
because there's no doubt Rich had a strong team last year. I mean, Rich, you were 10 and three. You walked away with the best record. You also earned the Boom Goes the Dynamite Award for the highest weekly score. So, you know, the accolades we could definitely send your way as well. And it came down to that week 16 matchup. And, you know, anything can happen in one week. And that's it. It's all for all the marbles. So, hell yeah, man. No, it's good times, man. We had a battle. Like I, That's what I say. I, I've given respect here in this little interview or whatever we're doing. But Jay and I and, you know, all of us, there's a tier and we, we're getting to the nitty gritty of it. Jay and I battle, but I give Jay a lot of credit. Like I was saying that Jay and I like watch a lot of football. I do think that's a, a, a delineating factor to fantasy oh, success. Sure. I give a lot of credit to guys who go out and watch the football. It's not like a new thing for me. I've watched football since like I was probably like fucking freshman in college, like 18, yeah. dude. Probably 18. Like I've been watching like as much football as I possibly can. I'm behind on that. Like I've only just now gotten into being like a, a film kind of junkie. Yeah. Now I love watching football. Like I'll watch it all the time. I think it's, you know why you probably got later into watching football more? It's because the fucking Cardinals. I know you love the Cardinals, but they fucked us growing up. Yeah, they were garbage. They played in the freaking stadium with no uh, roof. It was all hot out there all September. Yeah. Right? That's why I think I watch football just because like I loved a team that was good. That's a good point. It's sucks watching team and every year like and it's a joke like they weren't even trying it was like a strictly business when we were kids out here till jake Plummer came along yeah they got a little better sometimes but like it was crazy like it was strictly business with the cardinals the dude was like oh no i'm just here it's like an investment for me with his team he would sell players he would sell draft picks he didn't give a fuck about anything so it was like he really wasn't even trying to put out a good team hey jay i did have a quick question here you say el hampion it's just spelled champion though Right. I'm just wondering. Yeah. I always thought that H was like Spanish. It is. It doesn't make any sense. The C is silent. I'm El Champion, but it's El Champion. Just so I have it clear, you know, I want to, I'm very detail oriented. So, yeah. Yes. You are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do, one last thing. I, I don't know if you want to get into it. We got a little time, Brad. I don't know. Yeah, let's do it. I thought it was interesting. Jay, we had the little Instagram post there of our rankings. And I did notice at the end there, there may have been a comment or something. Uh, Rogers equals beast. So right. I, I just thought you might want to expound on that just a little bit. It's not even, I think, my philosophy. I think I've heard it from like a different guy, uh, podcast, fantasy football podcast guy. Basically, his whole philosophy is like, it makes a lot of sense to me, is just that like you stick with the guy who like has shown you he's something out of this world. You know what I mean? Um, and so seeing him at 15 on your list or whatever, I'm just like... 13 on my Yeah, whatever. That's so low. I will never put that guy at 13. There's no way. So you're going to get Rodgers then, right? If I get Rodgers for a good deal, fuck yeah, I'm getting Rodgers. If I don't have to pay 25 bucks for the guy... He's, you're getting him for 25. I'll tell you that. Dude, give me Aaron Rodgers for five bucks. All fucking day, dude. 10 bucks? No. I won't even draft a backup quarterback. You're getting for 15. Let's, let's call it 12. I don't know, man. It's too hard to say, man. Well, he's a beast, right? It depends how bad I need a quarterback. It depends on how many quarterbacks are left. It just depends on a lot of shit. Well, is he like a $10 beast or is he a beast? He's like on the quarterback list who is going to get me points when I need a quarterback to get me points. Like He's like Kirk Cousins of my championship year to me. Like, give me that fucking guy, dude. I'll take him. Okay, I would never consider Kirk Cousins a beast, though. That year he was, man. He was, he was a 20-point beast. Like, I'm not talking beast. I'm just talking fantasy, like, 
just like he works good for me, man. He's gonna get me fucking twenty points. That's what I need because I got such good running backs. I just need the guy's gonna get me twenty points, man. I don't need thirty points. I don't need Lamar Jackson. You know, I'll beat Lamar Jackson if I have those two running backs and Kirk Cousins. He's not going to do shit to me because I got fucking 20 points for my quarterback. That's what I was rocking with, you know, Tannehill, Zeke, and McCaffrey. Like Zeke's overrated though last year. I love Zeke but as a player, but he was not good last year. Man, there's number six in the ranking. All right. That's, that's pretty good. That's not Saquon and fucking McCaffrey, bro. That was one and two, dude. Yeah, okay. I think the year Rich won, he had one and two, too, when he had Zeke and David Johnson. But I think Rich may have had the best team of all time. Zeke and David Johnson. Zeke's rookie year. Yeah, but then you added uh, DeMarco Murray in the middle of that season, too. Yeah. It's his one good year in Tennessee. Yeah. How do you do that? Did you rip somebody off, Rich? Uh, well, I mean, I won that trade. Yep, I did. Hell yeah, you did. I'm sorry. Again, did did I win my championship because of that? I mean, you you can fall back on you know you had Lamar Jackson. I... You're being a sword. No. It's like saying the Bears beat me on special teams. It's like yeah, you know you got a good defense. Our offense came like shit, and you scored like two touchdowns on special teams. No, I just think I had the better team. I just think I have a I had a better roster. That's all. I, I think you did have a better team, honestly. Yeah, okay. Like, skill-wise. Yeah, that's awesome. yeah, yeah. Sure. I think top to bottom at the end of yeah. the year, I had a, a better team. Yeah, that's all. No, like, I'm not being a sore loser at all. Actually, earlier I was talking about, like, it is what it is. When it comes down to week 16, I, I made some decisions. That was what it was. So, like, I'm not mm-hmm. – I, I, that's one week. Like, I like to just build the roster, and then it is what it is on week 16. No big deal. I want to get to that championship game, you know, every year. So, if I get there and it, it doesn't go that great, it is what it is. Brad knows what I'm talking about. It, it's a tough feeling, but, like, it is just week 16. You you know that you built the roster. Like, if you feel like you get to the end of the season and you built the roster that's the best roster in the league, you can't really, like, get down in the mouth about that. There's there's nothing there's no. nothing to be down in the mouth about no. it, so. For sure. You shouldn't get down and out no matter what, honestly. I know it's hard sometimes, but, like, yeah. you should always remind yourself, like, dude – yeah, I'm not going to make my life not happen. That's what I'm saying. Like, week 16, like, it, it's a super lucky, unlucky sport. Like, it, it is nothing. Like, it, it is just, like, so un, unreliable what's going on. They're playing football. Like, we don't know what's going to happen for sure. So there's no full-on prognosticating what's going to happen. Yeah. All right. Can I ask you gentlemen a question real quick? Or are we? do we have more on the agenda? No, go ahead, man. Fire away. El Hampium has the floor. <laughs> I actually had something stupid to say, but now I have the floor. I'm like, I want to ask a good question. <laughs> All right, Jay, I think you had a couple questions for us, for the uh, guys here in the OFP, you know. Uh, we're all league mates here, so lay it out for me, man. Uh, yeah, let's do a top running back list. If you can give me three, you can have more than three. You don't have to share them all, but give me like three top ass running backs this year who's in my tier of just like if everything goes like i think it's gonna go he's gonna be like one two three four maybe five did you not read our rankings yeah we have rankings up we did this all last week (laughs) i'm trying to learn your secrets right i don't want to hear your list i want to hear your voice jay okay well i'll tell you that when i do my rankings I'm pretty much looking at it as a perspective of guys I'd want to put on my roster. That's kind of how I'm ordering it. I'm saying that those guys are my guys. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll give you Christian McCaffrey right out the gate. Like, 
Sure. Let's say play. I think he's full on trustworthy. What's that fucking family feud? It's like Christopher Caffrey, like 86. Like everybody says Christopher Caffrey, like totally. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Like that that's good to go. Like I trust that guy. And and if it doesn't work out that and that's like an injury thing, I think, cuz there's beyond just like talent. That yeah. guy's a, a, above and beyond as as a running back what you need in that I, game. I could see him not number 1. Yeah, I don't think there's a clear-cut number 1 this year, but I definitely see Zeke is, you know, in those top 3s too. Yeah, who else is on that family feud board, uh, Brad? So you got a Zeke, maybe yeah. he's got like seven or eight votes. Seven or eight, yeah, as like the, so, yeah. Well, who else is on there? Todd Gurley, one person says Todd Gurley will be on there. One vote for Todd Gurley. Mark went to the mall that day. <laughs> hey, man, you want to take a survey? <laughs> Todd Gurley. MVP. <laughs> No, yeah, uh, I mean, running backs, I, I'm kind of the same. I like McCaffrey quite a bit. Uh, Kamara, I think, is going to have a big year. I see number three, Kamara. I identified Gurley as somebody I think is going to kind of really be rejuvenated in Atlanta. And I've roasted him constantly for it. Like every week, Jay. Cracking on me for that. You really like him. Like, he's really on your list of, like, going to be one, two, three, bitch. I think he's going to be the old Todd Gurley. He thinks he'll be four or five. I could see it. I think that's high, but I could see it for sure, dude. Todd Gurley's beast. Todd Gurley is proven beast to me. He's beastless, man. You did trade for him one year. I know. How'd that work out? That was the only year he wasn't a beast when he was healthy, at least. Yeah. No, he's beast. Hey, you know what I wanted to do is pick Jay's brain a little bit about where he stands on the whole PPR, non-PPR type thing. Anything else kind of just rural related stuff. But I was curious about your stance on that and where you kind of like sit. I was always kind of rooting for a like point, very small reception point given. A fraction, a half or a quarter. 25% of a point for a reception or something. Mm. Just a little boost. Quarter point. Because catching the ball is harder than running the ball, man. It's trash. Don't you agree with that? <laughs> like, it takes more work to catch the ball and get some yards than fucking hand it off and fucking run it through a hole for that. That's badass. Like, if you're a running back, every running back can run it through the fucking hole, dude. Every single running back can do that. Your job is to catch the ball. Yeah, but a lot of running backs aren't good at it. You no, know, we're not just rewarding running backs, PPR. All receivers will get a point yeah. for reception. Yeah. He understands, but what he but what Jay's saying is he prefers to add more running backs into the mix. Makes the running backs more interesting valued and stuff. I thought he was trying to defend the PPR point two five because it's harder to do that and that's why they deserve a point two five point. Well, I mean he is saying that too. If you get a sack on defense, you get a point. It's a negative point. If you catch a ball for six yards, you get six yards worth of points. If you catch a ball for minus two yards, if you're LaShawn McCoy. You're running the fucking like you're just more badass, dude. If you're if you're LaShawn McCoy and you can get fucking rushing yards and you can get fucking passing yards, you're like an elite fucking dude who's on the field all the time. Well, yeah, just like Bell back in the day. Yeah, it makes you elite, like Christian McCaffrey last year. So Christian McCaffrey actually would have been more supercharged last year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The fact that he gets to catch the ball and run the ball makes it an elite because you get more opportunities. You don't need an extra quarter point. But yeah, but it makes you a more special play. Yeah, because you get more opportunities. But what that's gonna do, Brad, okay, so like just understand that I think the effect of if you'd even did any whatever point reception, the top of the running backs, like Christian McCaffrey 
and Alvin Kamara, those guys like suck up even more to the top and separate themselves just a little bit more because there's those pass catchers. Mm -hmm. And then at the bottom of the list, you get about like six to 10 more names that are more viable because they are pass catching running backs. The Tariq Cohen's of the world. Tariq Cohen. I mean, as much as like, honestly, that's the effect though, is like, you're. I, that's why I kind of don't like it is where it's like, eh, do I really want to be people out there starting Tariq Cohen? I'd prefer it if we started better players. Brad had a good point uh, that he explained to me one time about why he likes, you know, non PPR better. And it was about plays that go for negative yards. So you get a receiver or running back that has a three yard loss, but they made the catch out of the backfield. And they get a point for that. And I started thinking about that. I'm like, that is kind of garbage to get a point for a negative catch. For a negative play. Why are you being rewarded if you caught a negative play? Whether it's a quarter or a point, why why should it be rewarded? Like, wow. Jay's format of, of a .25 wouldn't do that. But I still don't think you should get any reward. Yeah. I think we need more weight on receivers anyway, too. Yeah. I think receivers need more weight on them. Because receiver game isn't as fun as the running back game. Well, then uh, that's fine. If you want to put more weight on the yards, the yards they catch, then that's fine. No, just receptions. Because you got to, you know, I feel like with fantasy, the I think the bottom line with it is, yeah, you want to win the most points, but like you also want to like have the most badass fucking people. Yeah, but I mean, you know, isn't it more badass to have the other guys as opposed to the to the Tariq Cohen's? No offense. But Tariq Cohen isn't worth <laughs> shit. You're starting a dude like who might get 12 catches a game. And if you get 12 catches a game and only 20 yards, you know what? You were an integral part of that fucking team, man. They threw you the ball 12 fucking times. And you did nothing with it. So what does that get you? How much does that get you, Brad? So that gets you 12 12 catches and 20 yards for being a guy who's so integral but had a horrible game, but like didn't help his team or whatever. So that only gets you six points for that guy. But he still had the ball in his hand like all fucking game. Um, and then it makes the receivers more weighted, and then it makes the best running backs who can catch and run weighted. All I'm trying to say is your whole valid point of this whole argument is a guy that caught a ball for 12 times for 20 yards. It's <laughs> a pretty good stat line. That's an important person, and he needs to be rewarded. I can see the point a little bit. It's just like, dude, you sucked. <laughs> you caught the ball and got tackled every single time. Let's reward you. Okay. Like, I know a quarter point is anything, but but I could still start that guy on my team. He's trash because like that's his he's trash. That's his floor because he's going to catch twelve. But it might not be man. He might catch twelve and get two touchdowns. Listen, guys, I I dogged it before, but like you know the Tariq Cohens of the world. But I used to start Chris Thompson from time to time. Like yeah, that's the player I was thinking of, and that's in our league already. Just because like he did get the ball so much, he was valuable to the offense. But there were. Yeah. You could easily see that stat line from a Chris Thompson. There's all these sneaky plays everywhere. There's all these times when, like, those type of guys can break plays in there. It opens up more roster spots. It opens up more, like, free wire spots. Because, like, yeah, this guy's probably going to get me at least six, dude. Because he's going to catch the ball 14 times because he's the third string running back. There's more viable players for sure, yeah. So it just depends what you want. That's all it does. I'm saying I don't give a fuck, (laughs) honestly. I'm fine either way. The point two five PPR really doesn't swing it either way, but the fact is, I think that leads to a half a point and then a point. So I don't want to start that trend. I love how Jade took like this adversarial position for like five minutes, and then he was like, "But I don't really give a fuck." Like, <laughs> he closes it out. With that. He tagged it with the "I don't yeah. give a half." I like that. Oh yeah, that's good shit. <laughs> 
why wouldn't you want to do it, Brad? It's cheesy. I think people just want to score extra points and they want to say they have 150. I think Brad's main thesis argument would be that your opportunity when you catch the ball is your opportunity. If you caught the ball 12 times, you have 12 opportunities to get yards. That's that's a huge. You do what the fuck you do with it. There's no arguing that. Yeah, I mean, I get you. Sure. Wide receiver catching the ball 12 times, like, I want to start him. It's not because he's getting extra .25, you know. Brad, what was that thought you told me one time about giving a little bonus to receivers to just crank receivers themselves up a little bit? So, like, if receivers catch 100 yards, they get an extra point. If they get 200 yards in a game, they get a two-point bonus. So that would be like a one point and a two points. They get three points extra if they got 200 yards. That's not a lot of points to give either. It's just a little tiny. Yeah, but that's like, dude, if you're that's beast mode. You go 200 yards, you deserve a bonus. Then why don't we do this? Why don't we say then like at 10 catches, you get a point? There you go. That's nice. I like that. I would be okay with that. I'd be okay with that one. That's a good kind of like compromise on that. Because then even then it's only a tenth of a point. Ten catches, you get a point. Yeah, like a little bonus. Yeah. I mean, that's not going to do much, but it's just a little screwball. So that that I'm okay with because that's like you reach. It's a milestone. You achieve something. You should get rewarded. Not you caught the ball like you're supposed to do for less yardage. So congrats. (laughs) You're in the NFL, bro. (laughs) I love how Brad put that. I do want to say this. I like that our league historically hasn't made many changes. Yeah. That's I'm actually all for keeping it without adding points just for like the historical factor of it. Like, let's just keep our scores kind of like as close to they could be with little changes and shit. Yeah. Little tweaks here and there. Yeah. As the all time points in a season leader, as I am. Is that true? Yeah. It's legit, Jay. It is legit, buddy. Yeah. All time. All time, baby. I think I've had three or four where I've scored the most in the season points in the season. Anyway, regardless, I like what you're saying about the historical factor that, you know, like it's harder, like, okay, people are going to start scoring more and more points. Well, okay. Someone's going to take my record at some point that the most points scored in the season, because we've made it more points that are involved. So that just naturally is going to happen. Yeah. So I I agree. I agree on that level. (laughs) Yeah. I remember how valuable our kicker was for a couple of years. That was so dumb. I hated that. (laughs) I did not cue him up whatsoever for this shit. He just said it on his own. <laughs> yeah. No, I hate Thank it. Thank you, Jay. So stupid. Thank you. So Thank stupid. You. I mean, actually, I'm going to take that back. Hate is a strong word. I don't hate it. I'm, I want to be very clear, actually. I don't hate it. I agree with Mark, though. They're NFL players and they score points. They do. They're the ones that scored the three points for sure, man. I've come to it that, like, now that we've adjusted the scoring, it's okay. But I used to get so fucking frustrated, dude. Yeah, I did too, man. I used to lose it, man. 50-yard field goals, I'd be like, dude, this is a six-point swing. Fuck this. Yeah, I know. Like, this is like a touchdown. Yeah, it's a fucking touchdown. It was cranked up a little too high there for a few years for sure. But with the adjustment, uh, yeah, a lot better, I think. But, but even, yeah, even still, I'm, I'm not down with the kickers. I, I can't believe he brought it up on his own. <laughs> That's so awesome. Well, kickers, you know what? In our league, they do – they do do a lot because you only have the 15 waiver moves. So the kicker is just like this goddamn thorn you got to worry about. Yeah. What if my fucking kicker gets hurt? Like I got to have one move in case my fucking kicker gets hurt, you know, or something stupid like that, you know? So it adds a really fucked up thing. You could actually ask Sorrow about that one too. He was minus a kicker when I played him way back in the day in the championship. Yeah. Game. I was such a young man back then. Look at me now. 
Dude, that was a decade ago. I didn't even whoop his ass. I won by like three points, and he didn't have a kicker. Damn, bro. I never knew that. Yeah. I didn't know there was bad blood, baby. Yep. Still remember it like it was yesterday. <laughs> oh, wow. Sorrow's so nice. That's the problem. I know. You can't stay mad at the kid. There should be bad blood, but I don't even know if there is. No, there's not any. <laughs> I don't think Ryan has bad blood against me. Turtle. Because my team was so much better than him when I beat him that year. He should have, like, his team just, like, balled out and mine didn't play that good. Uh, but, like, my team was so much better than his team. He actually, like, wrote me a text after, and he's like, dude, like, your team was so much better than my team. Like, I'm I'm not sad I lost. <laughs> you know, like, that's when that fucking, I literally said in my head, I go, fuck, I need overtime, and I need my goddamn fucking receiver to catch a touchdown in fucking overtime. That's the only way I'm going to win. I literally turned off my phone and said that. And I didn't even watch the game anymore. Like, I just didn't want to watch it. I'm just like, dude, this is over. I had some shit I had to do, probably. And then, like, I put on my phone, and I see it's, like, overtime. I'm like, holy shit, it's actually fucking overtime. And then I look on my phone, it's like, fucking touchdown. And I'm just like, dude, I'm going to win. I'm going to fucking win. Like, it took that. That's the only way. That's crazy, man. Yeah. Crazy shit. Yeah, that was a little uh, Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams. What happened to that creep? <laughs> Turf toe, buddy. What happened to him last year, man? Actually, I want to tell our fantasy listeners this because I think it's very crucial for them to know. People with turf toe and Achilles or high ankle sprain injuries generally always have lagging injuries throughout the season. Get away from them. They get back out there and then they hurt it in the first quarter and then they're out and they just fuck your team over. High ankle sprains and turf toes are notoriously bad for wide receivers. Stay away. That's a good point. Tap out on those injuries. Or you maybe you pick up Alshon Jeffrey off the waivers in your uh, round one of the playoffs, plug him in, and, you know, just watch him, uh, well, slip on the slick turf and be out for the game with a blown ankle. Who would do that, man? I know. I thought that was a brilliant move when I picked him. I think you told me how smart of a move that was, Jay. I think you texted me that week. You're like, you got Alshon. Nice job, bro. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I was dead wrong about that. Yeah. Man. Oh, boy. Yeah. I don't read receivers that well, I don't <laughs> think. sometimes. Or I just think receivers are hard to read. Man. Well, you just love the Eagles, too. So you're that like too. me. You always have a little bias with that hometown. I do. I thought Deshaun was the number one receiver coming back last year. I think it is with wide receivers. It's really hard to find, like, who's going to have the opportunity. Right. You don't know how the defense is going to play them. Just doesn't carry through week to week on wide receivers because there's options out there. There's so many options. Whereas like running backs, you can find more where it's just stability and here's the ball. Mm -hmm. Whereas wide receivers, I mean, good wide receivers are averaging 10 targets. And you're like, oh, okay. Like, well, running backs are averaging 20 touches. Do that math. Weigh that factor. Do that math real quick. Look that up. Oh, hey, real quick. Uh, Jay's Jay's tears. I just wrote them down as we did this. Badass, just okay. Gam gambles, uh, n- no way. And then, yep. of course, the notorious bag of dicks. <laughs> that should be an Instagram post. We gotta lay out Jay's tears, man. Those are solid, bro. Yeah, he likes the show. I was your first guest, for God's sakes, wasn't I? Yeah. Fuck yeah, but... yeah, man. I was gonna be you or Josh Gordon, and we went with you, bro. So you're welcome. <laughs> Oh, just kidding, man. Thanks for coming on, Jay, and appreciate it. And, guys, we're going to sign off right there, and we'll close it on out. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, fellas.
time, Mark. Look at the screen. Uh, <laughs>